You are listening to the Special Needs Mom Podcast. This is Kara, your host, and I am so glad you're here. Before we get into this episode, I want you to know that Pathway to Peace, which is a group coaching program, is currently available to join. This program is built on three main pillars. First, coaching. It's the real powerhouse. It's what I do. It's what I love. Second, community. And if you've been around for a little bit more than a minute, you know how I feel about community and the power that it has to heal and change your life. And lastly, I have a library of content filled with resources, with modules, with lessons. We go way deeper than I can go in on the podcast. And these are available to you in a way that you can consume them in your busy life. This program would be a good fit for you if you've stabilized past the point of initial diagnosis and find yourself spending a little bit more than you'd like to in overwhelm. And you can't imagine how, given all the things in your life, you can have any sort of peace ever again. Through the program, you will gain the gift of acceptance. You will do the work to recover your spark. You'll leave the program with the tools and the confidence that you have what you need to have joy and peace part of your life once again. So it's time to change it up. I know you've been saying yes to everybody, especially serving with all your heart and everything you have to your child. Now it's time to say yes to you. Find the link in the show notes to get more information and for next steps. Hi, I'm Kara, life coach, wife, and mom to four incredible and unique children. It wasn't all that long ago that my son received a diagnosis that had my world come crashing down. I lacked the ability to see past the circumstances, which felt impossible, and the dreams I once had for my life and family felt destroyed. Fast forward past many years of surviving and not at all thriving, And you'll see a mom who trusts that she can handle anything that comes her way and has access to the power and confidence that once felt so lacking. I created the Special Needs Mom podcast to create connection and community with moms who find themselves feeling trapped and with no one who really understands. My intention is to spark the flare of possibility in your own life and rekindle your ability to dream. This isn't a podcast about your special needs child. This is a podcast about you. If you are a mom who feels anxious, alone, or stuck, then you are in the right place. Welcome. Welcome back to the Special Needs Mom podcast. Today is a very special episode as it's the one year anniversary of the Special Needs Mom podcast. That's right. I launched exactly one year ago. I mean, plus or minus a day. We've had an episode every week. I've met you. I've heard from you. I have personally been transformed by the conversations that I've had as a result of this. So for me, this is a really big celebration. I thought long and hard about how I wanted to honor this moment. And actually, it was many, many months ago that I thought about what I wanted to do for this episode. It turned out even better than I could have ever imagined. Do you all remember when I was promoting the story workshop? Well, yes, 
I thought it was very valuable as a workshop, and it was. But really, I wanted to create curated stories. And curated not meaning like made perfect, but through the lens of using storytelling techniques. That's what I mean by curated. Helping my people tell their story. And so this episode will be my people telling their story. And so it's deeply meaningful. And I, I'm just really excited for you to be with these stories. One, so you can experience these amazing women, but more so, so that you can see yourself in their stories. They're so uniquely different, as is each of our own stories. But when we hear another person, specifically in this case, special needs mom's story, we get to have a window into more of our story. And our story deeply matters. It's really what I'm all about. So before we get into the stories, I want to tell you a little bit about what I have planned for the next year of the Special Needs Mom podcast. It's going to be much of the same. I have so many ideas of episodes that I want to do. And if you've listened for a while, you know that sometimes I just sneak in an episode with kind of what's going on in my own life and kind of process out loud. And this year uh, coming up is going to be a big one for me, for me and my family. And I'm going to tell you a lot more about that when it's the right time. But you're going to get to see firsthand a mom doing the work of a special needs mom, of sourcing herself so that I can be the mom that I want to be, both for myself to experience and for the benefit of my children. And of course, the benefit of you, my community. My intention also is to do more coaching episodes. I've gotten a lot of feedback that people loved those and they want to hear more coaching and you want to hear more in the trench type stories. Yes, we all love a good inspirational story. But sometimes, especially in this community, we don't necessarily need the cleaned up version to be able to connect to it and to feel seen, heard, and understood. So we're going to be doing that as well. As we transition and as I'm getting ready to share these stories with you, I want you to notice how they're powerful and so uniquely different. Also, I'm not going to do a lot of commentary on the stories themselves because quite frankly, they speak for themselves. I want you to actually be able to really absorb the story and process it. And I'm going to leave a significant amount of time between each story so that you can feel the full impact of it. I want you to actually, when you're listening to the story, I want you to feel the story. I want you, I want you to let it move you because they are very moving stories, each in their unique way. So let's get started. Let me introduce our first mom. This is Amy's story. My husband and I were enjoying life with our three children, ages seven, four, and three, when our fourth child, Rebecca, was born. We struggled for months to feed her. I had to stop breastfeeding due to poor weight gain and the time and effort it took. The only way we could get her to take a bottle was by distracting her with walking, bouncing movements, or baby Einstein shows. We realized she was not meeting milestones, unmotivated to move, preferring to rub her fingers on her blanket while staring off. She would not look into our eyes. Instead, she stared at patterns or fixated on ceiling fans, 
long after developmentally appropriate. Our first fear was that she was autistic, so we doubled up the time we spent working with her and sought answers. And what about our older children? Would we be able to give them the attention that they were used to and needed to be nurtured, trained, and educated as we desired? Or would they be bitter having to deal with the many challenges that we were starting to face? Rebecca was diagnosed with a one-of-a-kind chromosome abnormality, a chromosome break and repair that occurred randomly. This abnormality caused several conditions, including hypothyroidism, poor muscle tone, microcephaly, which is small head, sensory and feeding issues, speech delay, and intellectual disability. She was diagnosed with failure to thrive, which resulted in a G2 placement, which she had until she was seven years old. Rebecca went to early intervention and special ed classes throughout high school. She is now working to transition to adult dayhab. At 21 years old, Rebecca is still very challenging due to her anxieties, speech delay, behavioral and sensory issues, but all her siblings have their own special relationship with her, complete with inside jokes. The three oldest have said more than once that they would not let Rebecca go to a group home if something happened to us. Our family worked as a team to meet everyone's needs. Everyone played sports or participated in just about any activity they showed interest in. They had friends and each other. Our three older children are now on their own. Two graduated from college, two got married this summer, one is in the service. We even had a younger son born five years after Rebecca who has helped her move along and bring unexpected joy. Rebecca has a sense of humor. She can read short sentences and copies the written word. She loves to collect baby doll items, swim, and be right by your side. I have learned to enjoy the beauty in simple things, a song, nature, a campfire or bike ride, and more importantly, what it means to be made in God's image. All people, including Rebecca, are valuable for who they are. Through perseverance, contentment, and teamwork, we have created something special that is called our family. This is Dana's story. Ariella became self-injurious close to her fifth birthday. At that time, she was nonverbal, not potty trained, and had had a ton of early intervention and therapy since she came home from the NICU as a baby. The self-injury started with her biting her hands and then escalated to her hitting her head and face with her hands and arms, neck whiplashing, head banging, and pinching and scratching herself. She had bruises on her angelic cheeks, Her freckled face was red and puffy, and she had bruises up and down her arms and legs. She looked like she had been badly beaten, and she was, by herself. And we couldn't stop her, and none of the professionals had any answers as to why she was doing this, how we could help her or protect her from her continued self-injury. I felt completely helpless, extreme exhaustion, and mentally traumatized by what I was forced to witness. It was a kind of hell that cannot be described by words, but only known by others who have lived at the bottom of that dark hole of despair and loneliness. My feelings on the surface were not of compassion and sadness, but rather anger, impatience, frustration, resentment, and a complete inability to understand how a human being could do this to themselves 
and not just stop it. Ari's teachers, teachers at school and her behavior therapist at Dell showed compassion, patience, and tolerance for her behaviors when I couldn't. They saw past the behaviors and were able to recognize the pain, agony, discomfort, anxiety, and frustration she must have felt leading her to her own dark hole of despair and loneliness. My mother-in-law sewed arm guards and shoulder guards made of special fabrics to try and protect Ari from her own self-injury. But Ari would always find a way to bite through them or contort them in such a way she could continue to self-injure. The need for her to self-injure was so strong, I'd describe it as primal. From hospital stays during this time, I learned about elbow splints, which we call no-nos, that we placed on her arms and legs so she could not bend her limbs to hurt herself. I also bought helmets and neck braces to protect her as much as possible. Of course, we consulted with all the medical, mental, therapeutic, and behavior specialists we could find, but no one had any answers. Ari is 10 years old now, and she is still self-injurious, but her self-injury has its intense and less intense periods now. So I know when we are in the bottom of that dark hole of despair and loneliness, we won't stay there forever. We learned the hard way some of the instructions in the Ariella manual we weren't given at her birth. Number one, when there's an uptick in self-injury, go to the dentist. Eight times out of 10, it's a dental-related issue. Number two, any changes in medication must be made on a micro level to avoid negative side effects. And if any are noticed, stop the medication immediately despite a doctor telling you it will get worse before it gets better. And number three, weighted blankets, cooling vests, and chewy tubes can offer some relief. Self-injury is a form of communication. And through maturity and time, better forms of communication will come and can reduce self-injury. I spend my days going back and forth between feeling like a goddamn superhero and a complete and utter failure. It doesn't feel good to have to be strong in a situation I hate, but knowing all I've endured that only God and I will ever truly know, I can't help but feel part of me is made of steel. This is Sarah's story. My daughter's birth was textbook perfect until she couldn't breathe. She was quickly taken to the NICU, and my husband and I learned over the next hours, days, and weeks of the many diagnoses and anomalies in her tiny body. Over the next months, we dredged through appointments and therapies, medical equipment and medications, doing research and best wishes from well-meaning friends and family. During this period, I felt very alone and overwhelmed. Around her first birthday, I realized our daughter's special needs were not going to go away. So I started looking up podcasts for special needs moms in the hopes of finding someone who understood me. I found Kara Riska's podcast, began listening, and found myself sobbing during the introduction. It was the first time I had cried and allowed myself to feel what I was going through since the first week of my daughter's life. Um, over the next few months, I found a team of people who could verbalize what was going on inside of me. They helped me identify my feelings and fears because I joined Kara's coaching group, Being Mom Together, and I've learned so much. A big lesson that I've learned is to identify my feelings and to decide what I want. 
I've learned to schedule my time and to say no to some of the things on my to-do list. I've learned that more does not always equal better. For example, I've decreased the frequency of my daughter's early intervention appointments to allow for more family time this past summer. I've learned to say yes to help every time. My goal is to have me and my daughter be radically supported, like someone said on the podcast. This has included hiring a cleaning lady, hiring a part-time nanny, and joining the coaching group. The things I have learned and the steps that I have made have not changed our circumstance, but the approach I take and the perspective I have has changed. For example, I used to dread the many medical appointments that we had, and I would usually show up late and be flustered and angry on the way there and back. Now I feel the dread and annoyance of these inconvenient appointments, but then I go to the appointments anyway, and I give myself grace. I schedule adequate time, and I'm more patient with myself and my daughter and others. Normally after an appointment, I treat myself with coffee. I'm learning to completely feel life as it comes, even the uncomfortable parts, and face it with my whole being, not just a distracted part. This coaching group has been so pivotal to my growth. I'm learning to dream for our future again. Those are our stories, our unique and beautiful stories. I would be curious to hear which story you related to the most, which one you felt you identified with the most, which one helped you to have more compassion and to see yourself in a little bit different way. This is the power of story. And again, as we wrap up this episode, I want to invite you to Get more involved in the Special Needs Mom Podcast community. There's a lot of different ways to do that. Probably the easiest is to reach out to me. We actually have somewhat of an intimate community in the sense of like, I don't have like millions of (laughs) millions of people following me. I love it because I get to actually have relationships with those of you that reach out. I get to stay in touch. And I really, really love that. And for me, it's the biggest gift of all. And so reach out. Let's have a conversation. Even if it's just to say happy birthday, especially needs mom podcast. Also, I'd like to invite you. Do you want to get coached? Like, do you want to actually receive the benefit of coaching? Maybe you consider doing that as part of being mom together. You're going to, you've, you've heard about that. Maybe you want to see what it's like to do it on the podcast or like I've done in some previous episodes. Or maybe you don't even know what you want. You just want to have a conversation to kind of figure out what that is. Yes. (laughs) Let's have that conversation. We'll see you in the next episode. One more thing before we officially, officially wrap up this show. Sometimes when I'm listening to podcasts, I have the experience of wanting more. I'm listening at the very end thinking, I sure wish that episode didn't end. I invite you, if you feel in any way the same way, I invite you to the Special Needs Mom podcast community, which is a free group that I host on Facebook, where we as a community of fellow moms who listen to this podcast and are experiencing life in similar shoes, get to talk to one another, get to share stories, get to actually interact. I hope you'll consider joining. See you over there.